Good evening again. It's a pleasure for me to open God's word with you this evening as we conclude our service. Today we will take a few minutes to go through Psalm 142, verse 6 and 7. You can find it on, uh, on the first page of your bulletin. But this text is a place where you see deep stress and agony of David. It's one of the, those prayers that pushed you to shout and pray. Uh, the writer is David. This is a Psalm of David. How we know that is the title, how it begins. says so it's, it's that uh, it's a David Psalm. And he wrote it when he was taking refuge in a cave while he was running away from King Saul. Before we go deep into the text, let's try to read verse 6 and 7 of Psalm 142. Again, you can find it on the first page of your bulletin. Let's read it. Psalm 142, verse 6 and 7. Attend to my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. Bring me out of prison, that I may give thanks to your name. The righteous will surround me. For you will deal bountifully with me. You can feel the pain and agony from his word. My cry, deliver me and bring me out of prison. It sounds like a cry of a desperate man. And it was. This took place not long after he began to flee from Saul. You can find this story in First uh, Samuel chapter 22. Why was David running? Away from King Saul, well, Saul, King Saul believed that David was trying to take over his throne. So he was trying to kill him. That's why David is full of distress. And we can clearly see that in his prayer. My cry, deliver me, O Lord. From these two verses that we just read, we observe two things. The first one, David's cry to rescue. And the second is a reason for the rescue, a cry for rescue and a reason for the rescue. Let's take a few moments to see these two parts of the prayer, a cry for rescue. I think David was shouting and being so loud while praying this prayer. Listen to my cry, O Lord. I am in desperate need. Notice the word for I am brought very low. This means that I have lost every hope I had. I had. I have no more hope to lose. It's all gone. I'm on the verge of death. David tried everything, literally everything, to escape from Saul. Literally everything. He went to the high priest, Abimelech, to seek for refuge. He went to the Gentiles' place, Gentiles' place, to find a place to hide himself. There was nothing that David didn't do to save himself. But after trying all of these things, listen to what he said in verse 4. No refuge remains to me. And listen to this. No one cares for my soul. Just imagine how desperate it is. Literally no one cares for my soul. Not my mother, not my father, 
No one cares for my soul. He was saying, I have tried to save myself from going from place to place, from east to west, from north to south. But now, now I conclude that the only hope I have is you. Verse 5, you are my refuge, my portion. Brothers and sisters, maybe you're facing the same situation right now. Maybe you lost your job or you are in deep depression or you don't know what your next step is. Maybe you're persecuted by this world. Maybe you're fighting with a habit of sin. You feel like every step that you're taking is filled with failures and heartbreaks. Do you feel like no one cares for your soul? Do you feel like you have no refuge at all? Be comforted. The Lord is your refuge. The Lord is your portion. He cares. God really cares and he listens to your cry. I want to draw your attention to the next statement of the prayer. My persecutors are too strong for me. Too strong for me. They are too strong for David. This is the same David who defeated a champion named Goliath, who was nine feet and seven inches. Let us sink in. Nine feet, guys. Nine feet and seven inches. David killed him with a slingshot. This is the same David who killed 200 Palestines. The same David is saying, my persecutors are too strong for me. He's admitting that he is weak. But he always admits, admitted that he was weak. And he always relied upon God for being rescued. He was dependent upon God for him to be rescued from Goliath, from the Palestines, and now from Saul. I think as Christians, we can say that, oh, that is me. That's, that's me, David. We can relate with that. Some burdens were too strong for us. The sin that we had was so heavy to carry. The power of death was unbearable for us. We could not relieve ourselves from these heavy burdens. We need a savior that is stronger than us. We need a savior that is stronger than our sin. Well, that's why Jesus said, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. He will give you rest. Although the power, the burden of sin and death were too strong for us, God has delivered us through the work of Christ Jesus. But still, as children of God, we face different difficulties that are too strong for us. A situation where our strength won't bring any change. We face hate and persecution from this world. I remember when I was a kid, we used to play football a lot on the street. I and my brother will take our ball uh, to the street and play with our friends in the neighborhood. There was, there was one guy who was about eight or nine years older than us, and he was the bully of bullies. He was a bully. 
and he was physically bigger than us and stronger than us. Well, back then, not anymore. He used to make ugly fouls on us and harms, harms us intentionally. I, I remember one time he took our ball and refused to give it back to us. He said, nope, I'm not going to give you. So I and my brother, without even talking to each other, we started running to our dad. Our father can get it back for us. I don't know why, but there was some kind of certainty in our hearts and heads that the person who was stronger than us was not stronger than our father. We knew we just need to cry out loud to our dad and we will get our ball back. That's what you do as a Christian. When you face persecution, failures, failed relationships, you have a father to whom you can cry. When it seems like it's a dead end for your marriage, when you lost your job, you have a father that you can ask to, lead, to deliver you. When holiness seems like a far-fetched reality, you have the spirit that is stronger than your habit. Lean on God. So David was shouting to be delivered from her, uh, his persecutors who are stronger than him. But why? I mean, why should God deliver him? Of course, most of us, if not all of us, have the will to live. We don't want to die. And that's, that can be a valid reason for us to ask God to extend our life. But is that all? Is that why David asked God to extend his life? To save him from his enemies? Is that why he cried out loud? Save me, O God, so I can be a king. I can take the throne from Saul so I can build and establish my kingdom. Is that why David asked God to save him so I can take the promise that you've given me? So I, I, is that why David asked God to save him? Is that the reason? That's the second part, a reason for rescue. You can't see the reason clearly. Bring me out of prison. Prison meaning the cave that he was in. That I may give thanks to your name. Praise to, you, to his name. Save me so I can praise you. So that the righteous will surround me to see your goodness through my life. Brothers and sisters, treasure this. The rescue that... You get starting from your salvation to your perseverance, from your justification to your sanctification. It's for his glory. It's for the praise of his name. The deliverance you get from your day-to-day problems is for the praise of his name, not for your sake. No, no, it's not. But for the sake of his glory. Did you really think about God's glory? When was the last time He told about God's glory. David in that cave was thinking about giving thanks to the name of his God. Do you think about God in your hardship and suffering? We saw David's cry for rescue. And now we're seeing the reason behind it. The reason is to give God's glory. Of course, as the story goes on, most of us, as we know, God did save David from his enemies and gave him the throne. That used to belong to Saul. 
Some people might take this to mean that God will save us from every persecution and suffering and hardships. No, no, that's not the right way to understand this text. God might allow allow the pain to continue. Yeah, the good God, the holy, loving God might allow the pain that you're having to continue. When I and my brother ran to our dad to help us to get the ball from the bully, the bully of bullies, he usually will go to the guy and take our ball. It was very easy for him. But sometimes he will listen to our cries and he will just be silent and won't do anything. He wanted us to learn we should not go out to play with such kind of people, but he will just keep silent. He will listen to us and then ignore us and keep silent. He won't do anything. It really puzzled me as a kid. Why doesn't he just go and get it for for us? He's our dad. We all know he is stronger than the bully. Even the bully knows that our dad is stronger than him. So why don't he just do it? I know that my dad is on my side. So why doesn't he just go and get it for us? There were, there were even times there where I thought he didn't even love us that much. Do you have the same feeling towards God? Why doesn't he just do it? You know he can give you what you want. You know he can make your life easier. You know that he can't take away that suffering that you're struggling with. But why doesn't he just do it? It's not because he loves you less. But sometimes, sometimes the praise of his name comes through our suffering. David was not the only one who prayed this prayer. David's son, son of David, prayed the exact same prayer in Gethsemane. My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But the will of the father was to crush him so that he might be glorified. Maybe the will of God is to crush you. He brings good from the things that you consider to be evil. Maybe you feel like God is not doing anything to save you from your persecution and suffering. But trust Him. Rely on Him. He's trustworthy. He's bringing glory to His name through your pain. Do you remember what the three men in Daniel chapter 3 said when they were going to be thrown to the burning fire? For not bowing down for the golden image. You remember Daniel 3, chapter 3, verse 17? What does it say? They said, If this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. 
He can't deliver. Oh, he can. He's stronger than your problems, brothers and sisters. There is no one like your God. But sometimes he won't. Even if he won't deliver you from your hardships, are you willing to trust and worship him? Even though you're not going to save me, even though this suffering will stay until I meet you, I will trust you. I will continue to praise you as long as it brings glory to you. Do you say that? God's glory was the basis for David's cry for rescue. It should be a foundation for our cry also. <laughs>